Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Fantastic. So what we're going to do, we're going to intro the word tonight. I'm so excited for this, Kathy. I'm not going to tell you what she's preaching on because it's a surprise, but let's give it up for Kathy. And I'm going to pray for you before you start. Come on, Kathy. Let me pray for you, sister. Let's all pray. Let's all stretch a hand out for this wonderful woman of God. Father, I thank you so much for Kathy and the beautiful person that she is. I thank you that she's worked hard prepping for this word, Lord, to deliver to your people to make an impact. So I pray that lives will be changed tonight. I pray that your Holy Spirit would work through this magnificent, beautiful woman and she'd preach up a storm. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Good evening, everybody. So this evening, I think I did say it this morning, so you probably all know what I'm going to talk about. But anyway, this evening I want to talk about a small four-letter word. It's something we get at a young age but which we can lose time and time again. It's something that can get us through each day, but yet at the end of the day, we feel unfulfilled. Yeah, it's a word that's so powerful that it can give us life, but once lost, it has the power to destroy us. And at this point, I was going to say the clues on my T-shirt, but I changed what I wore. So <laughs> I've got a T-shirt and it says hope rebellious hope actually but yeah so this evening uh, I'm going to talk about hope so there's an American evangelist called Hal Lindsey and he's um, well known for um, writing books he's an author on end time prophecies and he said this a person can live 40 days without food four, 40 days without food sorry four days without water Four, hour, four hours, four minutes even without air, but only four seconds without hope. Now that sounds a bit dramatic, doesn't it? And for those medics in the room, it might not be 100% accurate. But here's the thing, and if I want you to take away one thing from tonight, it's this. Hope is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. Hope is the fuel in our metaphorical tank which propels us forward when times get tough. Hope brings with it an enthusiasm for the future. And sometimes hope can even give us a reason to carry on living. Is there anyone here this evening that can uh, give me an amen? Anybody that's ever faced the prospect of death in whatever capacity? Yeah, give me an amen. You know, without hope, it's very difficult to walk through the difficult times and cope with the challenges of life, isn't it? Yeah, without hope, sorry, but with hope, we have something to hold on to. Something that can take us to the next step in those challenges. And there may be some of you here this evening that are feeling hopeless right now. You know, I'm hoping that what I have to say will have you leaving here feeling encouraged, full of hope, and able to withstand the circumstance or situation that you're facing. Okay. So I want us to take a look at a passage of scripture. This is from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 to 19. It says this, that should come up on the screen. It says this, when, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, 
saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled take hold of the hope set before us and may be greatly encouraged. And verse 19, and this is the key verse I want to focus our attention on this evening. It says this, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. I just want to cross-reference this with another verse from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, which says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So I just want to take the next 20 minutes or so to look at what this means, what the meaning of hope deferred is. Have you ever found yourself in a situation when you wanted something so badly, but it never came? Yeah, most of you are aware what's going on with my girl, Lottie. She's been sectioned under the Mental Health Act for the last two years and in hospital. She's severely unwell, mentally. And until recently, it felt like no one, no one was listening to her or to us. You know, she knew she had anorexia. I knew she had anorexia, but nothing was being done to help her. So having been sectioned back in May 2020 in the hope that she was going to get the help she needed, you can imagine my frustration when this didn't, this wasn't forthcoming. All I could see was her becoming more and more poorly in a place that I hoped would make her well. And even more so for her, she began to lose hope rapidly that she was ever going to get the help that she required she needed and so continually tried to end her life and if we fast forward 12 months to May 2021 I was on a small group zoom and uh, I got an extremely distressed call from her telling me that they were moving her to a PQ a psychiatric intensive care unit within 20 minutes that's all the notice she'd been given and there are people here this evening that were were on that Zoom call at the time with me. And, you know, I was angry. I was upset. I basically bombed around the A52. There was no speed limit. Got to Bullwell, ended up nearly having a fight with a security guard because I needed to get to my girl who was in this state of distress and he wouldn't let me. You know, he, to be honest, he was being a bit of a jobs with. Thankfully, Rich at the back there arrived. He'd also bombed around the A52 and not taken any notice of the speed limit calm me down and I apologized to the security guard and thankfully I didn't get arrested it was a close call oops but um, in a circumstance where I wasn't in control where I just wanted to get my girl the help she needed where I hoped the next place was always going to be the right place I was disappointed and in that in that place I found myself getting a little crazy <laughs> yeah a little crazy in the waiting and sometimes when we're stuck in the waiting, we start to do things, don't we, that we wouldn't naturally do or want to do even. The verse in Proverbs says that 
Hope deferred makes a heart grow sick. The word deferred him is postponed, delayed. A lot of people like me currently are living our lives waiting. Maybe you're single and waiting to meet that special someone and get married. Maybe you're married and waiting to have that child. Or maybe you're waiting for a new job or a promotion. Maybe you're waiting to sell your house. Or maybe you're waiting for a recovery from illness, either yourself or, or someone dear to you like me. Or maybe you're waiting for a relationship to heal. Or maybe you're waiting for a prodigal to return home. There's many reasons why we're waiting. And whatever you're waiting for, whatever you're waiting for, what we often see in that season of waiting is that we can start to develop some scary behavior. You know, sometimes we may say in that season, I feel like my life is postponed or delayed. Maybe you have a dream that's been delayed, a dream that's been deferred. Maybe if we're really honest, we may turn around and say, you know what, life just hasn't turned out how I expected it to. Life can feel like it's delayed. Can anybody identify with that? I can, and I know it to be true because I've said it myself. You know, there's been times in the last two years where I've been really angry with what's happening with Lottie. It's not her fault in any way, shape or form, but her illness has threatened to impact my dreams my plans, my calling. As you know, I'm currently doing a degree in theology and Christian leadership. I've started my ministerial training, and I'm not going to lie. My time has been severely impacted by Lottie's illness. You know, I'm still writing essays that I had to defer from the start of the year when she was in intensive care with acute organ failure. I've had to have conversations with my academic tutor at university about deferring my course for a year. I haven't done that, but in all honesty, I've, I've considered it. In the first year of my studies hasn't turned out how I expected it to turn out. You know, it's been incredibly challenging and stressful. And in all of this, in all of this, I've learned that when we start feeling like this, if we're not careful with those types of feelings and thoughts, we allow ourselves to move from a place of hope to a feeling of hopelessness. And I want to be clear this evening, you know, there are some situations like mine with Lottie that can leave us feeling completely helpless at times. But here's the good news. Because of the gospel message, because of the hope we have in Jesus Christ, Although we might feel helpless, although life might feel like it's delayed, feelings aren't facts. And the good news, the good news is that there's always, always hope for tomorrow. Come on, who has faith that there's hope for tomorrow? Yeah? And it's important to know that. It's important because we need to understand that hope is not psychological. Yeah? Hope is not a feeling. Hope is theological. Hope is biblical. And the problem is that we use the word hope without really having a clear definition of what hope is. And I think that in order to know what hope is, 
we need to know what hope is not. Yeah? Hope is not just optimism. I mean, there's nothing wrong with optimism, right? We all like optimism. <laughs> it's better than pessimism in my book. We all have that pessimistic friend, don't we? When you ask them, how is it going? And they say, well, you know, <laughs> not going that well. You know, we tend to do a body swerve, don't we? <laughs> or is that just me? Sorry, okay. I'm all for keeping it real. No, I'm all for keeping it real. But there are just some people, and my late brother was one of them actually, who just never seemed to have a good day in his entire life. I'm just being honest. Anyway, I'm all for optimism, but that's not what hope is. Hope is not mind over matter. It's not positive thinking. It's not just positive talk. Often, optimism isn't really in touch with reality, whereas hope is very much in touch with reality. And hope is not based on your circumstance. Hope is based on something much deeper than that. Hope is mentioned throughout the Bible many times, and a good biblical definition of what hope is, is this. Hope is a constant expectation that God is working. You know, I don't know if you know this, but our God exists outside of time. And even when our expectations don't line up with our situations, I want to tell us all that God can still work a revelation in our lives. But we have to come to the understanding that we need hope. Now, I have hope that God is working in Lottie's life, even if she can't see it right now. Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 1 says this, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And you can see there, I've put now in capital letters and I've underlined it. Now faith, not yesterday's faith, not tomorrow's faith, now faith. Quite often we say, I miss the good old days, or I can't wait till it all gets better. But let me tell you, now faith is being confident of what we hope for so here's the thing we can't have faith without hope hope is the foundation the building blocks of faith don't get me wrong faith is important because the bible tells us that it's impossible to please god without faith but it's not our actions it's not our good deeds yeah, it's not everything that we've accomplished in life that gets God's attention. Ultimately, it's our faith. But if we don't have hope, guess what? We'll never have faith. And we can step out in faith because we have this constant assurance called hope. Yeah, you're getting this. Yeah? So when I say hope is theological and not psychological, it's way, way more than optimism. Yeah, it's that constant assurance and expectation that God is at work. And today, regardless of what your circumstance looks like, I want to encourage us all that we can experience real biblical hope if we believe that. Amen? 
I love what the scripture in Hebrews 6, the passage in Hebrews 6 that I read, says. So I'm going to just try and put some context around it to help us understand it. You know, we don't know exactly who wrote Hebrews, but it's written to the Hebrew Christians who were second-generation Christians, most likely, who, who may have been and were considering returning to Judaism partly because of the persecution that they were experiencing at the hands of the the Jews and the Romans, and partly because they um, had a lack of understanding of the biblical truth. And that's why it's important that we understand this stuff. There were people who needed to be reassured that the gospel message was true and that Jesus was who everybody said he was, that he was the Messiah. And so when we look at our key scripture from Hebrews 6, we can read it as if it's written to us today and see that the writer is trying to explain and encourage us not to give up hope, not to let go of hope. And what he does is he uses this illustration to encourage us, and the illustration he picks is of Abraham. I'm just going to give us a few key points here. So right back at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis Chapter 12, the Bible tells us that God came to Abraham and speaks to him at the ripe old age of 80. And God tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. And more than that, I'm going to bless those that bless you, and I'm going to curse those that curse you. And then he goes on to say this, I'm going to make you a father of a nation. And Abraham's response was like, what? Yeah, that's a big promise, God. Because there's a bit of a problem attached to that promise. I'm 80 and I haven't got any kids. It's a problem because typically you don't start making babies at 80 years old. It's a bit cringy thought, isn't it, actually? (laughs) But anyway, God doesn't have a son. And here's God telling him he's going to be the father of a nation. It doesn't make any sense in the natural But this is when we have to understand that hope doesn't have to make sense. Yeah, and if we want the big promises of God to come to fruition, then we need to hold on to the biblical hope and get used to walking through those big problems. So God makes this promise in Genesis. And here's the thing, if you, like me, read the Bible in a year, you tend to read chapter to chapter quite quickly, don't you? And what we need to remember is that as we read each chapter, decades are passing. God makes Abraham this promise, and then he doesn't come and speak to him again for another 20 years. And the lesson that we need to learn here is that sometimes we have to wait patiently for the promises of God to come to pass. But we have a problem with waiting, don't we, these days? Yeah, we want everything now. Yeah? If it's not happening now, we don't, we're not interested. But that's not always how God works. Here comes the spoiler. The Bible tells us in chapter 21 that Abraham waited patiently. And after 20 years, Abraham, aged 100, and his wife Sarah, aged 90, gave birth to a baby boy called Isaac. So when we go back to Hebrews 6, the writer includes this story from the Old Testament scriptures because he's about to give us a key verse which we're going to unpack. 
a little bit. And he uses this illustration to give us a real life example. And this is what he said. He says that when God came to Abraham and made his oath, he made his covenant. He swore by his own name. Did you ever do that thing when you were a kid? You know, when you make a promise and you, it was a serious promise, obviously, and you'd say, you know, I promise you, I cross my heart, I hate to die, you know, swear on my mum and dad's life, swear on my nan's grave, pinky promise, all that. Yeah, did you ever do that? In all serious, though, the writer wants to bang home to us that when God makes an oath or a covenant or a promise with us, there's no greater name no greater name than his to swear by so he swears by his own name now I don't know about you but as far as I'm aware my God is not a God that would lie or break his promise you know when God makes us a promise we can bank it in full hope that we're going to see that promise fulfilled you know we're going to see it come to pass it's never going to be about wishful thinking. It's never going to be about optimism. It's a constant expectation that even when we can't sense God, we believe he is working. He's outside of time. As I've said, he's bigger than us. And if he's given us some big promises, then we need to be ready for some big problems. Yeah, but our job is to wait patiently in hope. Continuing on, the writer says this, and this is so encouraging. He says, because you have this hope as an anchor for your soul, firm and secure. Now, what is this hope? Now, this hope is that when God promises something, when God says something, you can guarantee it. You can bank on it. You've only got to look at the story of Abraham that I've just told you about. You know, we all have this anchor for our souls, and it's called hope. We don't need anything other than hope, because hope is the anchor of our soul. And I want to ask you, how is your soul this evening? Where is it anchored? Is it in hope? How did you arrive here? You know, we so often feel that we have to arrive at church with our best foot forward, painted smiles on our faces but quite often quite often we may have had a rough day yeah our world may feel like it's falling apart we may have argued with a loved one our kids might have driven us to distraction but we arrive at church and someone asks us how we are and in an optimistic manner we say I'm good everything's fine as I said I'm all for optimism and I like to keep it real as well. You know, how's your soul? Because I'm not here to give you lessons on all the outside stuff, yeah, that we present to the world. I'm here to challenge you on the condition of your soul, the inner stuff. You know, and I want to give you an anchor for your soul this evening. And the writer says that that anchor is hope. You know, this isn't about saying, I hope the weather's nice tomorrow. Or I hope Forest win against Newcastle. That's just wishful thinking, isn't it? You know, this hope I'm talking about is biblical hope. It's firm, it's secure, and it's a constant expectation that our God is working. So I'm just going to give you two quick thoughts about hope being an anchor for your soul. 
You see, in the Bible, Jesus is often called the rock, isn't he? And an anchor invariably attaches itself to the rock. And so the illustration here is that our hope is and can only be attached to Jesus, attached to him and his promises. Otherwise, it falls into the optimism or wishful thinking category, yeah, which is all good and needed, but it's not hope. Firstly, when you throw an anchor overboard, it keeps the boat from drifting away. My dad was a yachtsman and a sailing instructor, and uh, when I was a young girl, he taught me how to sail, and my first boat was a little topper. It was called, a, and it was a big enough for one person. It was easy to sail, and it had a small anchor. And I remember one day we were out at Rutland Water at the sailing club there, and my dad was off with his mate in his big yacht, and I was in this little topper trying to keep up. And he said to me, "If if you head back to the dock, he said, just make sure you drop the anchor and you tie the rope to the to the mooring there." Anyway, being a kid, I clearly didn't listen. <laughs> Thought I knew best, just partially obedient. And so when I got back to the jetty to go for lunch, I just uh, I thought, I'm not going to be long. I'll just tie the boat to the, to the jetty. And anyway, you can imagine what happened. I came back after lunch, <laughs> no boat. <laughs> it was off in the middle of Rutland Water, and I was like, oops, I'm clearly not very good at tying knots. But um, what I've learned there is that we always need the anchor because even in calm weather, we can still drift away. You know, when things are looking rosy and everything is going seemingly well, we still need the anchor. And as a side note here, I'd go as far to say that it's not the storms of life that take people out of church and cause them to lose hope. It's their complacency in the calm. Yeah, because they haven't put their anchor down and they start to drift away. We have to put our anchor down and say, guess what? It might be calm right now, but I'm going to make a decision to anchor myself to Jesus, regardless. Because hope is an anchor for my soul, and my hope is in him and him alone. And in every peak, in every trough, in every high, in every low, and in every calm before the storm, and trust me, there will be one. I'm not speaking hardship and suffering over us here. That's just life. In all of this, we need to be saying, I'm staying firmly anchored to Jesus. You know, we can drift if we're not careful. And this is why the Rock Church is so hot on make, putting people in um, small groups and why people have mentors. And it's about building community, putting yourself around the right people. This is about putting anchors down. You know, we are the bride of Christ. And if we want our marriage with Jesus to, to last and stay the distance and finish strong, we need to put anchors down. If anyone has, here has been through the growth track, our um, onboarding process, and has decided to join us, then you'll know that we challenge you to put your anchor down for a minimum of 12 months, yeah, to serve on the dream team, to attend regularly, to come to the, the church events and be part of the church family and to give financially. You know, we would never force anybody to give. 
That's between us and God. But you know what? There's a reason why I give. And I give to God because I'm saying to God, this is where my heart is. Yeah, this is where my soul is. You know, I'm putting an anchor down financially to make that statement to God. Getting our anchors down stops us from drifting because life may be good. It may be good, but there's a storm around the corner. God never promised that life would be calm. And believe me, a moment will come where we're going to say, I need hope because I'm facing a challenge. I'm facing difficulty. I'm waiting. I feel postponed. I feel delayed. I feel deferred. Yeah, and it's in that moment you've got to choose your response. And hopefully you've put an anchor down so that in that waiting you don't drift. You know, that's the first reason that we need hope as an anchor for our soul so we don't drift away. And the second reason we need an anchor for our soul is because the anchor keeps the boat stable in the midst of the storm. You know, maybe you're here this evening and it's not calm. Maybe you're in the middle of a storm. You you may be in the storm of disappointment, like you've stepped out, you've taken a risk with something, you went for it, but it didn't turn out the way that you thought it would. And it's easy when you're in a storm of disappointment to let it destroy what God's put on your heart. It's easy to give up and settle for second best. But I sense God saying tonight, don't give up. Yeah, in the storm of disappointment, you need this hope as an anchor for your soul so that when this storm comes, you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have got this assurance and this expectation that God is working even when I can't sense him. I'm repeating myself a little bit tonight. I hope it's starting to go in. Yeah. Maybe it's the storm of fear. You know, you may have a fear of stepping out into what God is calling you to. You may have a fear of failure. You may even have a storm of fear going on at this time as to how the church is going to be when our pastors are away on sabbatical. I don't know what your fear is, but I do know from experience that everything that God calls us to do is on the other side of fear. We have to overcome that fear. And the way we do this is by holding on to the anchor for our soul called hope. Maybe it's the storm of pain. Pain is one of those things that Many times we can't control. Sometimes we can, but more often than not, it just happens to us. Maybe it's relationship pain. Maybe it's the pain of past abuse. Maybe it's physical pain. You know, we can often think, why is this happening? What did I do to deserve this? Like, why do I have to go through this pain? And it can make us feel hopeless. Let me tell you something. I can testify to the fact that we don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. Now, I can stand here this evening and look back over the last two years, and I know that through the pain of Lottie's journey, people have been impacted. Yeah, they've gained inspiration. Faith has grown. Hope has grown. Even people who don't know Jesus have found moments of connection with God through Lottie's storm. 
God uses these kinds of situations and I will keep holding on to hope because there's this anchor that when I'm in the eye of the storm, yeah, as it's often felt, my boat is rocking madly, but that anchor keeps me attached to the rock that is Jesus, my God, my saviour. Yeah, I could keep going through the list of storms. I don't know what your life story is, but maybe it's the storm of guilt. Yeah, maybe you did something and somehow it's like God's forgiven you, but you can't forgive yourself. Hear this. Your history doesn't define you. It's not in charge of your destiny. And that's not just a cliche. It's biblical truth. Got to move on. We've got to let go of our mistakes, our guilt. Yeah, our futures are full of hope. Your mistakes have not stopped you from receiving the promises of God. And in the passage in Proverbs, it says, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And if we read it and take out the word hope, we can put the word promises deferred make the heart grow sick. Breakthrough deferred makes the heart grow sick. But guess what? That's not what it says. It says hope deferred hope postponed hope delayed not your promise not your breakthrough not the thing you're waiting on hope as i said before hope is the building block of our faith hope is the expectation that when we can't sense god he's working and what the bible is saying is that if we give up on that hope that's when our heart grows sick Hope has nothing to do with outcomes. Hope has everything to do with saying, God, I trust you. Can I just encourage you by finishing with this? If hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, then hope revealed is always always worth the wait if you were here a few weeks ago you'll have um, heard me share about my prophetic dream from God regarding Lottie's move to a specialist eating disorder unit in Rotherham everything in that dream came to pass within a week of me having that dream I didn't have to wait long But the one part of the dream that I didn't share was that God promised me that justice would prevail and that Lottie would be fully restored. Hope is an anchor for my soul and I'm waiting patiently. Real hope is not based on our emotions, our feelings. It's based on what God has spoken. And the real hope we're after is not based on our feelings, it's on what God has said. Real hope is not based on our optimism, our wishful thinking. It's based on God's obligation, his oath to fulfill his promises to us. And we know because we know that God is not a liar. He's not a God who breaks his promises. He's never let anyone down before, so why on earth 
would he start with you and me tonight? You know, we serve a faithful, a great and awesome God. And we need to be saying to ourselves that despite our circumstances, despite our situations, we can always have hope for tomorrow. Amen. So I'm going to ask you again this evening, where is your soul anchored? Is it even anchored? Are you drifting? I had a sense that there may be someone here who is feeling utterly hopeless right now. Irene, can you come please? You know, the storm is so severe that the chain to the anchor may have snapped. Yeah, it may have broken. It may be the storm of disappointment. It may be the storm of fear and it may be the storm of guilt. Whatever it is, whatever it is, we're going to put the, the last song on now. But whatever it is, I want to invite you to stand. <laughs> yeah, I want to invite you to stand. And if that's you, can I encourage you to come forward? Yeah, this is a place of hope. Yeah, this is a place where you can come and receive renewed hope, where we can speak hope into that anchor of your soul. I don't want anybody leaving here tonight feeling hopeless. So if that is you, and I really did have a sense that there was somebody here that was feeling hopeless in their situation, come, come forward, come. I'm going to come and pray too whilst we worship but please come forward don't just stand don't be embarrassed we're a service where we encourage people to come forward for prayer